Welcome to my newest podcast, Matchless Poetic Makeover. You are with your host, Gertrude, with the German name. There is something in the name. Let's start with the name Gertrude. Strange found when I'm weak. Strange found when I'm broken. In Matchless, the wisdom of the greatest makeover artist, when we are broken, is Matchless. Yes, he brings our bad and guilt to remake us. Still in his image even after loss and pain has happened. Makeover, it means renovation, revamp, reassembly, rejuvenation, restoration. We make over houses and cars, but how can one make over a person when life has happened, when what was a trophy is all pieces, clutter, no one makes a mug out of a broken pieces, or does she? But rather, with the matchless wisdom of the all-maker, he empowers us to go to the power of clutter. And in the clutter, we pick up subject matter as galvanized. Yes, building stones to start renovating, rebuilding, and restoring. But then why poetic? Is poetry not about broken hearts and problems? No. Poems get us close to our emotion, the first step to heal after loss has happened. Yes. We will use poetic nuggets to reflect, discuss, process, make over ways of going at life again, believe again, live again. Yes, we need hope. I didn't say hope is a strategy, or have I? Neither have I said hope is above love, for love is the main thing. But hope feeds into love for us and unto others. Hope is the oxygen. It keeps us to breathe when everything else surrounding us is but carbon monoxide, sucking life out of us. Hope is the oxygen to what has remained after multiple loss or multiple pain. Subscribe unto my YouTube channel where every week we'll share one poem and green nuggets and together we'll share nuggets of life, hope nuggets, nuggets of wisdom, which we can pluck petals amid thorns of life and be a verse to others. Welcome to Matchless Poetic Makeover Show, where we share hope nuggets, wisdom nuggets, nuggets of life for the changing and the bad times. You are with me, your host, Gertrude Gift Kazua. In today's show, we are going to discuss and reflect on one profound steps in grieving healthy after loss. We are not saying it is the right or the wrong way to grieve. Neither is the only way for grieving. But it is one way I find such helpful time and time again every time I face challenging times or loss. One such step is found in the word ask. We are going to discuss what it means to be there when one is facing challenging times. Thirdly, from one widow to another, I am going to say a poem written by me, Gertrude Gift Kazua. To Her Excellency Madame Janet Magufoli, the former First Lady of the Republic of Tanzania. I pass on my condolences. As one who has faced loss, I've written a poem on her behalf. I've given her a voice in the poem. I am asking a space to mourn for the number one resident of her heart first before she agrees for the president of her nation. It is like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, 
but avoiding at all costs the valleys surrounding it, isn't it? I've written the poem as my way of being there for her. The cup that carries our message of hope is of course the word of God. Yes, the word of God because it is honey to our lips that are cracked after seizing screams of pain and groans. The word of God is a lamp to our feet for direction. How do we move on from the dark to light if we don't follow the light of the world? Don't we need the light and the way? The cup we carry the message of hope is indeed the honey to our lips, the word. But the wine that we pour into every glass is for both Christians and non-Christians to drink, to turn the bitter waters of their dark seasons into wine or heal after the blows and the bruises of life. Michael Jackson, the pop music icon, sang a song called, Will You Be There? My assumption is this. This is one question that reoccurred in his life. More than possibly, how much money will I make? When will I become the legend of pop? Am I correct to say so? I am an artist. I write poems. Our subject matter sometimes come from our own clutters and glitters. Or is this a too simplistic generalization? After working in a palliative care setting for a good number of years, I realized for some reasons families who wouldn't make it in time and possibly miss when their loved ones were passing on. The first thing they always wanted to find out was who was there when my mom, dad, sister was passing on. Quite often, despite the gloom and the doom that enveloped families and friends in that moment after their loved ones have passed on, every time I answered, Nest so-and-so was there when your loved one was passing on or your loved one was not alone. There was someone there. There was so much relief evident in their eyes and outlook. Being there, therefore, when one is facing dire times, is far much better than what silver or gold can buy. Stay with me on the show. We are reflecting on loss, grieving healthy and being there. But don't forget, on this broadcast tonight, we are going to share a poem as our way of being there with Madam Janet Magufuli, the former first lady to Dr. John Magufuli, who has passed on. This is her darkest uh, moment. Every little support makes a difference to her and her family. Why do I think my simple poem can make a difference? Do you remember what I shared in my introduction broadcast? The fertilizer of poetry is emotion. Sadly to say, most people, when bad things happen, numb their feelings by sometimes reaching out for dummies. Just like a baby who is given a dummy, don't we? In one way or another in our lives, once in a while, reach for one through overeating, drinking, smoking, engaging in multiple affairs, etc. One author wrote, fizzy drinks 
in the blazing heat of a desert don't help. This looks like, for me, traveling through a desert. The iron blue of Scotland or the Malawian favorite Coca-Cola soothes the throat but does not replenish the bodily waters, which it drains out fast of the body due to the scorching heat of the desert. So are all things we can do to numb pain, but the negative emotions stay suppressed. So the beauty of poetry is this. It is one master key to those unlocked emotions. It is one of the outlet. Grieving after pain or loss, whether it is a loss of a job, status, independence, love, loved ones, through death, other cultures believe it is a private matter. But really, is it a personal matter? I wonder. How can it be a private matter as if one goes away to Jupiter, lock himself there and grieve, then come back when sorrow is no more? For argument's sake, how can we settle down to the fact that grieving is a private matter when, for instance, from day one, when a husband has passed on, the widow has to deal with doctors, pastors, lawyers, funeral directors, school teachers, poets for eulogies, banks, all these people, apart from the teacher and maybe the poets, they will all ask for death certificate. This is one painful reminder and reality of death. All the procedures and steps are part of processing darkness, but this does not pause grieving, or does it? Let me share with you a, a funny story. When my husband passed on, <laughs> it had to be selling agents. Yes, you have guessed right, selling agents. I just believe that sometimes should we pray hard for online marketers to grow in discernment? Has anyone had that experience? <laughs> Don't they make phone calls on those awkward hours of moments? I leave this one here. So this agent called me and he said, can I speak to your husband? Who we have learned was involved in a car accident. We want to help him to claim his accident insurance. <laughs> on that particular day, it was a bit of breezy in my world because in those early days, it was a miracle for me to answer phone calls, let alone text. So I repeated to him calmly, did you say you wanted to speak to my husband? Yes, he replied. Did you say he was involved in a car accident? And he said, a definite yes. And I asked gently and calmly, when was this? And he replied, a couple of months ago. I replied gently and calmly, my husband is dead. <laughs> I know I'm laughing because it's nine years ago. I'll leave to your imagination what color was his skin by the end of that conversation. If he were my dark chocolate color, possibly it would have turned pale near to milk white chocolate. <laughs> oh, let me leave it here. I can't count how many apologies did he make. If I can make a gentle remark, it's okay to keep the wound covered, but the scars 
will definitely show. So when grieving and processing bad times and loss becomes a very private matter, but the side effects are apparent. Stress and depression is not going down. Men, more especially, are still going down due to suicide. If we want to beat the mental health issue, more especially these two last years, 2020 and 2021, after COVID-19 rampage and mind cluttering, we need to rise up and rebuild. Much as it is argued the heart of a man is resilient, but the mind needs some refreshment and replenishment to cleanse the side effects of COVID-19 and all its complication. Maybe stretching of our community listening ears alongside our helping hands would accelerate both the restorations of our minds and the reconfiguration of our world. I am now coming to the last part of the show. One reason I have decided to add a prop of being there for Madame Janet Magufoli is this. It has been nine years since the layers that covered me as a married woman came down. No one tore them down, but death craned them down and adorned me into an ceremonious crown and gown. No claps, no drums, no lips and fans of laughter. No endless night dance under the moonless tropical night. But the flick of dawn in us is the candlelight for the unfolding chapters of our life. But in that moment, on that day, seven o'clock, month of that Sunday morning, I lifted the horn of morning. I traveled miles upon miles a flight over, one river after another, one washing to another. I was going back home under the sapitwa with what has remained and of ashes. I was a fainting weak. My heart was a prick, full of brick, a bankruptcy of melody, wars of tragedy. We are all around us. I was too weak. My feet were attached to my hands to lift, to tweet. My heart was downbeat. There was no glitter. Life was too bitter. I was no longer a news sprinkler of days and night that were sweeter. My hands were a band of nerves to unlock Twitter, the mushroom of hearts in the vicinity. As we were about to land, met my barren heart, littered with plight. I arrived at the airport, walked like a statue to the gate of arrival with bubbling tears and sorrow. I came back from the green pastures of the west, empty-handed for my friend, my lover, who knew me best, while the rest of us walked to meet faces dressed in anguish. He emerged from the cargo cart, 
his natural gates forever close. He was one of the cargo. My heart, this, it took years to handle. But now, as I write, I hope it will be a candle to someone whose life now is a bundle of sorrows. Is this part of sharing hope? I guess someone is asking and wondering, it's good you asked, I have no loss. I've learned to toss the myths that surround grieving. Others get lost in addiction. Some rush to marry to bandage the hemorrhaging love heart. Some crawl and lie in a crouch where they get out of touch with everything outside them and even with, with, the, with them, within them. But I have also come to realize that there is a total freedom in the simplest word, ask. In ask, there is a shift from denial to an acknowledgement of the loss. But there is also liberty to break from the myth more common in the West that a funeral and grieving of all failure is a private matter. My argument against this myth is this. From me who grew up in Africa, there is ample massive support when any kind of loss occurs. And instead of sitting the lip tight, forcing the heart to fungate with sorrow, there is liberty in sharing. Yes, my palliative background has taught me the best medicine and vaccine to a broken heart is listening ears. So asking therefore is crucial because this is what it means. There is a second person whose ears become the healing quiet rooms which act as shock absorbers, emotional pain receptors, tension diluters, fear shrinkers among some. Why am I laboring in this show about grief and loss and bereavement? In 2015, they carried research in Scotland and the NHS National Health was made aware that bereavement care is given by many specialists. This fact alone shows us that there is a gap in our healthy care because there are more than us than the specialists. The most extensive support a person has is his family. But how can they fully support if most of us don't have a clue on how to be there when someone is going through some? Do you remember the song that Michael Jackson sang? Who will be there? And tonight, I'm also asking the very same question. Who will be there for the wife to Sam, who was a bulldozer? But to Madame Janet Magufori, he was the sweetest dose of love and care. He was the bulldozer to living as a single woman. Yes, it's a blessing to be single, but not when the yearning to get married cannot be bulldozed by the expression, singlehood is a gift. Yes, Dr. John Mapombe Magufori was a bulldozer of wars of resistance to allurement and courtship around Madame Janet Magufori. So from one widow to another, with my palliative advocacy heart and with hands which have numerously been massaged 
by milk and honey from above, after being boxed into oxen horns of life, I write this poem on behalf of Her Excellency Madame Janet Magufuli, the former First Lady of the Republic of the United Tanzania. The title of the poem is Remembering My Bulldozer. My scribbles aren't drizzles of lack of appreciation for your compassion and affection for our late president, the true giant of transformation, the revolution radiance of Africa. Instead, it's a yearning for freedom, not that I am a nation under some authority as a rewarding trophy for fair partition of our pieces of land, of agility and beauty, regardless of our diversity, humanly woven or nature interwoven. So I give myself a choice, not to grieve for our president first, but for the man who was a resident in my love nest first. The one when I first met and he uttered the very first words, I suddenly sighed and quietly sang, Oh, well, I think I have found myself my bulldozer. For before he even began pouring shots and doses of his love for me, my walls of Jericho to any marriage sweeter were a pile of crumble. Yes, a pile of shattered love barriers. His affection, bulldozing eyes were a sparkle of a forever love nest. So give me space to remember my bulldozer, whose relentless love displaced my maiden name and gave me a new famous name, the first madame of a nation. But before I remember him as a leader of an upgrading nation, give me room to remember a man who loved me best, whose class, whose class is Ruth's Boaz. So first things first, the ABC sometimes in my head, in my unheard screams or drops of tears in my cup of water or my doting lover's pillow, a gift to me when our love was a year older, are not of the shining star president first, but the ABC of my forever charming prince, who the A in him is an agent of purest love, whose rivers were a flower to every corner within our bodies. The bee in him is for a brilliant father of my children, their encourage and friend. C is for the rubbish pit, for the consumment of anguish within me is incongruent to the true confession of my defendant warrior, armor and vela death has plundered. I am powerless since my eminent husband and friend is no longer the effigant fragrance of intimacy and militancy in his passion and drive for the stability of our home. Yes, one of the giants of Africa sleeps, 
but our mind can't sleep over. Neither depth nor heights can be an eraser of the compassionate leader of our nation, the rare jewel with sacrificial affection for our home, our hearts, and all around the nations. So when I lament, it's not the present I grieve for first, but the gallant of selfless love, the relentless discipline, yet deeper infusion and louder adoration for us all. So when I cry, I miss my most excellent lover, and my heart refuses to be merrier. Every appraiser for his ability and audacity, every eulogy for his encouragement and courage, every bass guitar for his bravery, every comment for his creativity, every lament for his liberation spirit, every poem for his fight and warring might, every syntax for his struggle against poverty, every sentence for his shrewdness, every word for his weight, every tear and prayer for his generosity, every eulogy from the lips of imaging passionate statesmen is like a forever seasoning and a spice for his legacy. But for my children and us, all overflowing tributes are a remembrance of our insufficiency and our total dependency on our maker. For when my children to his office flock, they meet a tight lock. It is all silent. Who can knock on the gate entrance of a graveyard? To you all, he was a garland of revolution. A refusal to be a cowering pillar to bribery and corruption. His inner world was a crane to every rubble along with his lane of renovation and the resolution of our Tanzania. But for my children and me, he was our marble. His love was an award of dazzle, the shining star of our home, the ever-present beacon of courage and hope. is no longer the brightest candle. So for us, it's not the warrior present of Africa first that we miss, but we are grasshoppers. To dismiss that the armor of our home, the banner of our encouragement, our support, the covering and shield of our mansion is forever gone. I can't hold it all in. My backbone is not an iron man, neither a bull in fierce fight. I charge on, but to pull over my head the regalia of an overall charge commander of our home is a dream of a salamander to skid on eyes and live. I remain a mother for my children. They have lost a father. You have another president, but for my children and me, one of our members in our resident, his dining chair lies empty. Some pots and pans lies dry. We can't cook his favorite ugali, so give us space and time to cry not for the president, but for my husband, the father of my children, the son of my in-laws, the brother of my sister-in-laws. So when my nose I blow, when I go low, whether you put the glow of the good he did or your words point at his blind spots, remember, all I ask for is a tiny corner spot in your hearts and thoughts that Dr. John Pombe Magufuli 
Magufarai's Tanzania or turned your world upside down. All that matters which side you stand on. But for me and my children, what matters is we have lost a champion. With your permission, we sit and process the loss and the pain. Maybe in God's time, one day we'll confess we have known comfort. We have known alleviation of sorrow. And hopefully our tomorrow, once again for us, will glow. May God faithfulness in yours and ours be the brightest glow. And this tropical moonless night season soon will be a radiating diamond for us all. Thank you very much. This poem I've written it as a tribute, as my own way of being there for Her Excellency Janet Magufuli, the former First Lady of Tanzania. Using this poem to share some final thoughts and nuggets. I am saying, when we lose a person, we lose not him only, but what that person was to us. So much as for the argument's sake, there is a national mourning for Dr. John Magufoli. It can also be tiring for his wife to attend every national government function and other programs. I might now leave her. It might leave her exhausted and bear to handle the mourning and grieving that starts after the funeral rites are over and everyone else has gone home. For argument's sake, Ruthie Graham Rotis, the daughter to Billy Graham, admitted that she was left feeling physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually exhausted after attending multiple meetings back to back before her dad was finally ready to race. And one day later after the funeral, she, according to her own words, God gave her a rest by allowing and not causing flow. Otherwise, she couldn't have taken the deserved rest. I am not criticizing anyone. As I said, this is a reflection on the care of the bereaved, which might, we might need to consider and maybe create a room where the grieved rest as part of healthy grieving. The Lord knew that she needed rest. It is true that part of grieving is to allow grieving to express our feelings. How about cultures where the grieved woman does not have a room to speak at all up until the funeral rites are conducted? Yes, I mean those cultures where a woman is a passive participant. I'll leave this here for you to reflect on. So, I have shared one thing that really I was hammering on this program is one step to processing pain, whatever a person has lost, is to ask. And I've also reflected to say, just like in our own name, much less poetic makeover, makeover which is a restoration, a renovation process, poems are not just genres for expressing broken hearts or end of relationship. Rather, they are a room for healing because it gives one an opportunity to get connected to the emotion, which is the start for grieving healthily. So join us again next week when we share nuggets of hope 
and the wisdom of life. But whatever you do, remember hope is the oxygen, the energy for today and the strength for tomorrow. Whatever you do, choose hope above fear. Thank you.